Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. On the show today, oh, do we have a lineup coming up for you today, huh? And tomorrow. Sean, great to be here in the Sunbury Motor Studio. I'm in a suit free zone. For now. At some point, he'll pop in. At that point, we'll find something to do. All right. What do we have going on today? Let's see. Joe Susan joining us today. Melanie Collins joining us today. Uh, Phil Savage joining us today. Tomorrow? All right. Let's go with Jack Ham tomorrow and Terry Bowden, the head coach at, at uh, Akron. All right. I, I can work with this. Can you work with this? Can do. Can you work with this? Mm-hmm. Right, that's what we have. Every day, twice on Sunday. I don't know if they want to hear us twice on Sunday. <laughs> We're going to be over at Fourth Street Station l- later today. Yeah, looking what that's. Uh, we're going over there. That'll be fun. Uh, the entire gang will be over there, uh, and it is finally the week. Now, one, I've already have one complaint out of the out of the gates uh, about college football. One complaint right away was it San Jose State played South Florida. That's all right. Out in California. Trade drew 13,000 fans for that. In fact, that's 13,000 tickets sold, so they may not have had 13,000 fans there. It's opening night. What kind of message does that send to everybody out there about your program? you got a brand-new coach, too, a guy that's really energetic. He's one of those go-getter types. I don't know if he's over-the-top like P.J. Fleck happens to be. But he is an energetic guy. Well, if you're recruiting against them right now, all you have to do is show them an overhead picture of the stadium and say, is this where you want to play? I mean, obviously a Power 5 school is not recruiting against them. I mean, that, that's not the issue, but, but they do have competition for the players that they go after. And they, drew, uh, they sold 13,000 tickets. Obviously, not all of them were used for opening night. If you can't sell opening night to get something excited and a little bit something generated there, you're going to have trouble the rest of the way. So that was already that, that at least is out of the game. I mean, there really were not a lot of intriguing games in the opening week. Uh, I mean, I, I wanted to watch some of Oregon State, Colorado State in the new stadium, and that was 180. That was completely filled. It was energetic. They both put on a really good offensive show, and the uh, uh, it was there's some parts of it that were pretty entertaining. I didn't watch all of it, but that wasn't bad. Now this week. It kicks into another gear. Indiana, Ohio State's the opening game on Thursday night, and they're doing one of those mega casts around it for Indiana, Ohio State, under the category of wow. So they've got that coming up. By the way, Floyd Mayweather has now officially joined the Billionaires Club. 
Now, did you watch the fight at all? Did not watch the fight at all, but I did what you did when I got up yesterday morning. Pop Sports Center on, checked the highlights, and the way I timed it, saw his interview with uh, Stephen A. Smith, uh, reiterating that he is absolutely retired. He's like saying to Stephen A., "Can I retire now?" <laughs> yeah. Well, he's fifty and all. I mean, he's you know, what more are you going to do? I mean, nobody's ever been fifty and all before. So. Yeah, before I turned the lights out on Saturday night, I saw that there was going to be a delay in the fight, which because they they, they blamed it on various uh, pay-per-view sites were crashing across the country. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <sighs> you know what? Unless something dramatic happens, I think that's the last legitimate great fight. Who else is out there? Who else sparks the interest? Who? Name another fighter right now. It's not like the olden days where you automatically knew who the heavyweight champion of the world was and you just waited to find out what his next fight was going to be, who he was going to fight and where. I think that's the last great fight. Now think of it. What was the last great, f- oh, on paper, the last great fight before this was Mayweather again, this time against Pacquiao? What was the great fight before that? These are not memorable. Maybe Tyson Holofield 97, but of course that, we, we know what happened there. Right, but that's 18 <laughs> years. Yeah. yeah. And that's where the fight game is right now. Uh, he's won a billion because he's been the most interesting, quote, guy out there for a variety of reasons. There's a lot of people who like to see him win. There's a lot of people that want to see him lose. But he is not a dynamic fighter. He's not an exciting fighter to watch. I mean, he is a an absolutely brilliant defensive tactician. But he doesn't knock people out. I mean, what made Tyson so intriguing? Tyson knocked people out. Oh, yeah. I mean, started the as soon as you heard the bell the first round, you want to make sure you're in your chair. You know know how short the fight was going to be. I think this is the last great fight. Well, your prediction almost came true. I mean, it went 10. I was just curious just to see how long, just condition-wise, that Conor McGregor was going to last. Yeah, and and there was for a while there those early rounds, what, what round three or four, where Connor had a shot. You know what though? Did you see the actual judges' cards? <laughs> you know what the score was? Did not. Okay, two of the three at it nine to one. <laughs> nine to one. Now the other one had it seven to three. Now, the writers had it 5-4 Mayweather. Some had it 5-4 McGregor going into the 10th round. The writers had it different. But the judges, the judges put down that this was not close. All of them agreed McGregor won the first round. Two of them then agreed that Mayweather won the next nine rounds. This is another example of judges' eyes completely different. It goes back to the Pacquiao fight a couple of months ago down in Australia. 
<laughs> it's like the judge's eyes, they saw something completely different compared to you know, all the uh, boxing analysts that were sitting there in the you know, just outside the ring. It really is a um, different ball game. What they see and what you think you're watching. Uh, but they have... Uh, Wow. So, hey, by the way, uh, a birthday shout out today. Mm -hmm. Jack O'Brien is 15 years old today. Excellent. They didn't think he'd live past three. You know, I mean, uh, obviously, I was around Jack enough for two years. Marvelous. And you should see how he reacts when he sees his younger brother, Michael. Oh. But he's 15. They didn't think he'd make it past three. Well, lots of people are thinking about Coach O'Brien and the team and pretty much everybody down in Houston since that rain started on Friday afternoon. So the Texans this morning, they went to the Cowboys facility, correct, for practice, I hear. Yeah, they're in Frisco right now. Uh, so that's where they are. And look, your heart breaks for those people down there. And you see all that water. I mean, think of it from this perspective. It's not just that you're out of your home and you're in a shelter. Think of all your personal belongings you have along the way. Pictures. Personal papers. Videotape. All those personal memories. Report cards. All right? Think, of, think about that, that if you suddenly had your home flooded out. It's one thing that you lost your couch. It's another thing that you may have a a massive mold problem at some point. Okay, yes. But there's something more to it than that. Think of all the personal belongings that have great meaning to you. These people, you know, while still alive, thank God for that. But they're going to go back and they're going to see all their meaningful pictures gone. Maybe videos. Family gone. Report cards, gone. You know, moments along the way. Maybe you had something up in the wall showing the height chart, gone. I mean, things that, little things add up to being big things. But those are emotional things that grab at you. And if you put it in those terms, that's what these people, they're dealing with. They're out of their home right now, but they're then going to have to deal with going back and finding a lot of things that touch their lives in a very special way ruined. Wow. It's one thing. Mother Nature is undefeated. Indeed. We will take a break. We have a lot of fun coming up on today's show. Joe Susan, Melanie Collins, Phil Savage coming up today. Tomorrow, Jack Ham, Terry Bowden. On News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Insuring your business is serious stuff. You don't need gimmicks or cutesy mascots or punchlines. You certainly don't want red tape. You just want the right coverage at the right price. We're as serious about insuring your business as you are about running it. Selective. Response is everything. Get to know your local selective agent, Pretty Insurance, on Market Street in Sunbury or at prettyinsurance.com. Find out what Pretty Insurance can do for you.
Great to have you with us, and it'll be noon on Saturday. 10.30 will be the airtime. Week one of the high school football season is in the books. The Sealands Grove game just ended. That was a long first quarter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're underway. It was the triumphant return of the suit. It was. Did you hear the fans in the stands chanting, suit, suit, suit? Not booing. They were suiting? Well, I didn't consider that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, off and running Friday night. Seals quarterback Logan Labby over 400 yards, five touchdowns. Sat out the second half. So great win by uh, Seals Grove. Great win by Belfont. Uh, big upset in the area. Belfont knocking off Jersey Shore on Friday night. Uh, Lewisburg, four point win over Hughesville. Shikalemi, good win over Mentoursville. Seals now get Mentoursville on Friday night. Yeah, so we're off and rolling. Now that the August schedule's over, time now for September. September 1 on Friday. We'll finally get an opportunity to, again, second week of the season. What do you think about starting in late August? I'll admit last year, I mean, it was weird. It was weird having the, uh, you know, all the games bumped up a week. And I completely understand why the PIAA decided to do that just for the fact that, you know, they know a lot of the kids then will go into basketball and go into wrestling. Of course, mm-hmm. that depends on how far that school gets through in the state championship, but they just wanted to get make sure the, uh, I would think weather may have something to do with that well uh, as well. It could be luck of the draw in December. If you get snow, you don't get snow on that particular weekend when they play the four games down at Hershey Park Stadium. Six now, right? Six now. Yeah, six games. That's right. I mean, now they have it over three days. Yeah, they got one of them they play on Thursday night to get it started. That's yeah. right. So they have to, I mean, that's it's the name of the game now. Uh, what they're trying, what they're playing it a week earlier now too, right? Correct. Because of the because they start in late August. But in the Little League World Series ended yesterday. Japan won twelve to two yesterday to win the title. Was that five in the last eight for them? Yes, for the same little league that's in Tokyo, Japan, and it was interesting the. Uh, Information that ESPN was was sharing on the uh, and ABC was sharing on the uh, broadcast over the weekend that uh, that most of the time when they practice and when they play they only do it on weekends they don't have any practices or games like Monday through Thursday and none of the fields have lights so it's all daylight so if they have weekends with practices it could last nine or ten hours in in daylight it's just interesting how they're able to. It, it makes their success even more impressive, especially winning their third championship here in less than a decade. Wow. But the uh, uh, Texas-North Carolina games, those were fun games to watch Wednesday night and then the uh, rematch on Saturday afternoon. North Carolina up 5 nothing, and then you had Texas go on a three-inning run with two runs apiece, fourth, fifth, and sixth, getting a very exciting 6-5 win. Yeah, uh, I didn't get a chance to watch it, obviously, because I had a Spikes game on Wednesday night. So, I mean, we're involved doing that. I mean, I, there wasn't even a TV to glance over with and go, oh, okay, what's going on here? So I, I missed that completely. But it sounds like it was a very successful tournament. And, 
ESPN did a great job with it. I think they do that. They may not do anything better than what they do with the Little League World Series. They're positive. They talk about the kids. They, you know, there's nothing negative about the on-air experience about it. I think it's uh, really, really well done. Bucknell's got what Maris this week, huh? They do. Saturday night, 6 o'clock. 6 o'clock over at uh, Mathewson, right? And that'll, of course, be on Eagle 107. Kids under 12 get into the game for free. There's going to be fireworks after the game. Big tailgate for the whole family outside of Christie on Saturday afternoon. Eagle 107 is going to have a live broadcast at the tailgate. An expanded one-hour pregame show with Doug the Suit and Joe Susan to get the season going. Hmm. Yeah. That'll be terrific. Yeah. We will have Joe on in just a few minutes. As a matter of fact, we'll be talking with him. And looking forward to it uh, very much. Yeah, fireworks. I mean, you mentioned fireworks after the game. It's going to be great. It's going to be a lot of fun over at Matthewson. So another Bucknell season about ready to kick off at 6 o'clock on Saturday night. Wow. Boy. Well, I'll tell you, uh, Julian Davenport, Bill, Billy likes him. O'Brien, mm-hmm. he likes him. We'll see. We'll see. But uh, I'll say this. The Bucknell website has done a great job of, of previewing every position on the field. If you want to really know about this team, they've done a great job. Now, the last one was put up on Friday about the quarterback spot. Well, Joe Susan will give us the complete rundown coming up in just a few minutes. Penn State football Saturday here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Noon will be the kickoff. We're on beginning at 10:30 outside the Jordan Ticket Center. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. They have served this valley for decades because they find the right insurance at the best possible price, without question. And I'm in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Attention Central Pennsylvania. Now is the time to check out Sunbury Motors Hyundai. Sunbury Motors Hyundai has 25 brand new Elantras starting at $17,496. Sunbury Motors Hyundai is discounting all new Sonatas, $3,978. Choose from 24 Sonatas starting at just $18,967. All new Hyundais come with America's best warranty. 10 years, 100,000 miles. Why would you buy another import for more money and not as good of a warranty when you can save thousands at Sunbury Motors Hyundai. If an SUV is on your list, Sunbury Motors has 18 Tucson's, starting at $20,993. Attention Central Pennsylvania. Now, now is the time to see what you can get for your money at Sunbury Motors Hyundai. In the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury. And at sunburyhyundai.com. Now is the time, and Sunbury Motors Hyundai is the place. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. 
Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Purdy's have served this valley for decades with a wide variety of insurance needs taken care of. They'll find you the right insurance at the best price. If there's a claim, they'll they'll act as if it happened to them. Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. I'm in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Still to come on today's show, Phil Savage is going to join us on the show today. Also, Melanie Collins from CBS Sports. Tomorrow, Jack Ham and Terry Bowden on the show. Very pleased to bring in the head football coach at Bucknell as they open the season Saturday night at 6 at Matthewson. Fireworks after to the game for Bucknell and Marist. Head coach Joe Susan joins us. Joe, welcome back. It is great to hear you again. Thank you, Steve. It's great to be back. It uh, seems like a long time, but this time goes fast, doesn't it? Yeah, it sure does. Uh, I want to ask you about the the time, because this is a year where no two-a-days, but they tack the days on to the beginning of camp. It's made for a longer camp. What have been your thoughts about that, uh, both in cost containment and also in time spent? You know, the thing that uh, when we went into it, we thought it was going to be a positive, and in many ways it was. This was really our first year, fourth year of doing uh, preseason with no doubles, so we were used to that format. When you look back at it, though, it's... Uh, you know, we're bringing our teams in in July, and uh, you know that uh, when when you deal with young men that aren't here in summer schools, you know a bunch of them came for parts of the summer, but a lot of them work internships. They uh, they have to deal with that and getting out of the internships early. But uh, we were smart about how we did things. We limited our live work. We were fortunate this year to just have uh, intermittent heat. The year before, it was consistent heat over like an eight-day period, which was by far the the worst heat we, we've had. And uh, you, you have to be really smart about how, how you handle those things. And our team came back in great shape. Um, that's a plus. Uh, we did some live work, uh, more live work this year than last year. And... Uh, the thing that they do get tired of is hitting the same colored shirt. Yeah. And uh, we're looking forward to some fireworks before the fireworks uh, in the game this weekend. A plus for you coming into this is you have two quarterbacks that you you know you had to use last season, but they did gain valuable game experience last season. How has that been able to know its way through the preseason? You know, the, the, the experience for any position, but, but but particularly the quarterbacks, uh, is so critical because they do so much of what we ask them to do at the line of scrimmage. And game experience is a lot different than practice experience. And uh, competition is something that makes everybody better. And uh, both Matt Mew and John Sharonzio really came into preseason, and it was it was even to start and. Uh, over the course of really about 18 practices prior to making a decision, it uh, went back and forth. And I think that in the long run, the 
experience Matt has, not just game experience, but overall experience, uh, and his ability to be smart with the football uh, was a reason why that we made the decision to go with him. And the good thing is that we have a young man that is the backup in John Schronzio who has played in games. Um, and somewhere along the way in any quarterback situation, there's a, there's a situation where you have to use the second quarterback. But they both have responded well to a lot of the changes we've made offensively. I think a lot of it's credited to our new offensive coordinator and quarterback coach, Bobby Acosta, whose uh, energy is off the charts. I think yeah, that was a unique thing for those kids to get used to. But uh, they understand that he is uh, genuine in his approach, the way he goes after them. And uh, I think from a fundamental standpoint, all of our quarterbacks have done a great job. And Matt Matt won the job. And, and that's what we wanted to have happen. One of those guys show that they won the job and Matt did that by his production we we chart everything in preseason we have to especially at that position he won the job and uh, the the offensive people and our team have responded positively to his leadership it would be one thing to have the daunting challenge of uh, replacing a Julian Davenport <laughs> all right but you have to replace all five of them uh, so what kind of job has been done up front to now give you the best chance to win? And what has cross-training also meant for you to get the best seven, six or seven guys out there at, at, at any point? You sound like an offensive line coach. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, Darnell Stapleton, number one, does a very good job in terms of how he approaches the guys fundamentally. But the unique thing is that we went into it trying to get five, and I think out of it we get seven. Uh, obviously not with the experience that the five that we had last year, nor you know, with the type of player Julian is. And it goes back to every, uh, you know, as coaches, you with young players, you want them to have birthdays. <laughs> Every day is a birthday for these guys, right. and that, that's a good thing. And once they get into games, those the, the game experience, being out on the field with all that space, no, no, the coach isn't right next to them or you know every play talking to them about the play. And we've we've done a lot of that where we do a lot of we call it play it, where the coaches are on the sideline, everybody else is on the sideline. And I think that they've responded very well. Uh, it gives us a chance to cross-train guys. Uh, you know, Chase, Chase Watkins, uh, Pat Finn, and Noah Stevenson, left, center, and right tackle, uh, were the guys that were pretty consistent through preseason. And combination of Josh Yoder, who's from Southern Columbia, um, Eric Luchner, who's from the state of Washington, and P.J. Barr, who's a freshman from uh, New Jersey, will make up what we deal with on the inside at guard positions. And then uh, Chuck Sanders can play both guard and center. It, it gives us a lot of flexibility in terms of seeing how people do. Another thing, too, Steve, to be honest with you, the things our defense does mm -hmm. uh, really challenges right. guys in, in both run and pass protection. And some of the hardest things in terms of thought process 
that they they've been through will come from what our defense does, and then having Abdullah Anderson in front of them <laughs> that doesn't uh, no it is not for the meek. No, and that was going to be my next question was about him. Uh, I always look at a defense, and you may look at it differently, but I always felt feel like if you can build up the middle and then out like baseball does, catcher, right. shortstop, second, center field, two tackles, linebacker, safeties. What does Anderson do as a domino effect for your defense? He impacts all three levels of the defense, and that that is really critical. And I agree with you that the the middle and it goes both offense and defense. But he he's a challenge because opponents have to know where he is. And Matt Borch does an outstanding job of lining him up in different places. Uh, actually, sometimes on the outside, and uh, he has Abdul has worked so hard at his craft that he's become a better player, um, did a lot of work this summer in pass rush. Uh, you know, we Our challenge is to make sure they're not always sliding to him where he's getting double teamed. And I think from an alignment standpoint, we can help that. And then from a movement standpoint, that's where we've made our money defensively on the front. We've always had very athletic guys. And uh, he's one of those guys that just so happens he's six three and a half. 305 pounds, and uh, he—he is—he was a basketball player. Mm-hmm. Played one year of high school football, and uh, went from two two thirty five on his official visit to two seventy five as a freshman, <laughs> and three oh five. And he still thinks he can play basketball, but uh, <laughs> they all do. He—he uh, he is. And the other thing he has, he has a passion for the game. And all uh, some of the better defensive linemen I've been around have been very angry when they play. And he's one of those guys that carries it out on the field. You don't want to go into any game or a series of games with one hand tied behind your back. It changes the margin of error dramatically. How's it feel to have your punter back? <laughs> it's uh, it's been very good. He. Uh, he had a little uh, leg injury early in preseason, and we we were very careful in bringing him back, and he's back. But uh, our freshman got a lot of opportunities as a punter and did very well. But when Alex came back full speed, everything changed. And there are certain situations during practice where we're working on punt. The O-line and D-line are working on one-on-one pass rush. The other day, everybody was focused on where Alex was punting, and these were, and I'm not exaggerating, these were 60 yarders. And uh, I always talk to these guys about when they ultimately find a wife that they will outkick their coverage. <laughs> uh, we, we all do. You and I did uh, that. <laughs> yes. And I looked at Alex after he hit one. I said, you just outkick your coverage, son. Uh, I think <laughs> the big thing there, though, is that we are in a position where and this is my fault we had him doing all three last year yeah. and now we really have him only punting and he become he's one of the better athletes on our team um, we will have some fake concepts that are involved with and he also can throw it's just uh, with the evolution of Ethan Torres will be our kickoff uh, kicker he is a uh, true freshman and then John Burdick will be our placement guy. He came back. He was 
he is a great athlete, and he's probably the best-looking kicker in America in terms of physique. And uh, he came back, and he had some injury issues last year that impacted his plant foot, and he's healthy. And uh, he's a weapon now, and, and that's the important thing. One of our challenges last year is that our red zone efficiency offensively was down. Um, and part of it was when, when Alex went down, we were we had a we had a certain ceiling in terms of when we could think about a field goal. Right. Now we have a little bit more distance to that, so in just in that that'll go up. But uh, having Peachin' back there is, and we've changed what we do in our punt. We're more a shield punt this year than we yeah. were a pro punt, and uh, I think it's really going to change the field. And he has evolved the ability to punt on the move, the rugby punt. Right. But he's also involved the ability, they call it the Aussie punt, where uh, he actually kicks it end over end, it lands, and it bounces sideways. Yep. So he knows his craft, and a lot of that goes back to he's a student of the game, but he's also a great athlete. Yeah, I always refer to it as the nose down, just to make it yep. s- simple for people to... To, to understand. Final question, Joe. I'll let you go because you have a lot of work you have to do before you get ready for uh, Saturday. Just a quick thumbnail of what you think of Marist. The one thing Jim Parity does is coaches his kids well. They come in a a, a well-oiled. They're always very physical. Uh, their quarterback returns this year, and uh, it'll be interesting. They, they have to replace their front defensively, but I think what they'll try and do is challenge our offensive line with movement and pressure. And it's always those first-game things that you want to make sure you cover everything, but you can't. And uh, what I told my team yesterday is that you have to you have to play with the confidence in your preparation, and you have to play with a true understanding of why we repeat the same drills fundamentally each and every day. Because right. if you if you think about your fundamentals, you're going to be a step slow. If your fundamentals are part of your DNA, then uh, you have a chance to adjust when things happen. And you no, know, they they. They've always they're they're not a tough out they, or they are a tough out excuse me they uh, come in physical and it's always those first game things that concern you but it's great to the first game is going to be at Christy Matheson and uh, we anticipate a big crowd I know you guys are doing something on radio from pregame and uh, right you know people I walk down the halls and they ask me if I'm ready and I tell them no and uh, I'm just being honest we'll be ready when we have to be. Yep, that's exactly right. Uh, when, when the little light goes on, you're ready. Yep, you got to do me a favor, if you would. I know you. I heard you have Phil Savage coming on. Yeah. If you would give him my best, I will. He, uh, did a great job with Julian at the Senior Bowl. I respect the, the way he does things, and uh, hopefully, we have somebody else for him this year. Hope so too. That'd be a great sign. It would be great for the young man as well. Yep. Thanks so much, Joe. It is great to hear you again. I look forward to our weekly talks. I always do. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Sean. You guys have a great day. I about kicked my coverage too, Coach. <laughs> we all do. Thanks. <laughs> Take care. Got it. Coming Bye. up next half hour, Melanie Collins. Then the aforementioned Phil Savage in the final half hour. Tomorrow, Jack Ham and Akron head coach Terry Bowden. As we continue on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Purdy Insurance.
great to have you with us. Melody Collins next half hour in the uh, opening week of the season. She'll be working the Ravens-Bengals game, which is uh, terrific for her to get that assignment. She uh, grew up in State College and now gets a great opportunity and one she deserves very much. And in the final half hour, we're going to have Phil Savage on the show. Phil will join us to talk about... uh, His new book that comes out tomorrow. Coming up tomorrow, we'll have Akron football coach Terry Bowden joining us. And Jack Hamm will join us on the show tomorrow to preview the Penn State football season. So that's what we have coming up. Other than that, dull. Very dull. Of course. The picks. On Friday. Oh, well, the picks on Friday. Back to the picks. Yeah, that's true. Your brother can defend his championship. Already talking smack. That didn't take long, huh? (laughs) He was born talking smack. (laughs) (laughs) Other than that... That is true. I wasn't even on the phone with him 10 seconds last year in his first appearance. He goes, I'm going to crush you guys. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Whatever makes the world go round. Yes, so that's what we've got coming up here. And it's going to be a fun week. Now, no show on Wednesday because of the Phillies. How about Reese Hoskins? He's a story. It's terrific. This is exactly, I mean, this is the kind of story Phillies fans have been aching to see. And now they've got it. He's out there and he, he is doing everything you could add. I mean, he, is, what, he has 11 home runs in 20 games. I think it was 17 or 18 games. Amazing. Yeah, that really is. So. And each time each home run, you'd hear Scott Fransky gets even more of a bigger chuckle. <laughs> uh, gets even more of a chuckle out of it as to, uh, man, this is a uh, well, you quite do the get same. you do get that way when you see something where you're like, you yeah. gotta be kidding me, really? <laughs> like, <laughs> like you're hoping for it every time, but then when it's actually happening, it's amazing. Eleven home runs in eighteen games. Nobody's ever done that. Nobody has ever done that. Yeah, he was talking yesterday to Comcast Sportsnet, discussed how special it is to break that record. I don't really know how to put it into words. Um, it's just one of those zones where you just try to ride the wave as long as you can. And uh... That's true. And that is literally how baseball players think. 